0: O U T D O O R and the number one. Lastly, many outdoorsmen are trying to quit tobacco altogether, and fully loaded chew may be that first step. For more information on our product line, visit fullyloadedchew.com. This is the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, brought to you by Vortex Optics. Mic check, mic check. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Nine Finger Chronicles. And this is an unfiltered episode, and I'm feeling pretty feisty today. So uh, if there are kids in the vehicle or around you, this is an earmuff warning. This is a earmuff warning. And I, like, the past couple, couple days have been absolutely crazy in my house and th- this all is adding up to uh i guess why i'm feeling the way that i'm feeling plus it's extremely cold outside so going and doing any type of postseason scouting yes i could be a tough guy i could you know be a badass i could go out there and uh you know Go start shed hunting. I could go do all this other stuff. I'm working right now, but uh, it's really cold outside. I'm 41, so I feel like if there's a time to start using my age as an excuse for things, it might be right now. With that said, there is some. Uh, there's a break in the weather, I believe, on Friday, and so Friday I'm going to hit the gym, and then I'm going to do some uh, some. Postseason work. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that uh, later. But, you know, when it comes to a lot of people say, Hey, Dan, you know, why I like you and your podcast is because you're relatable. Well, it's time to get relatable here <laughs> a second and talk a little bit about the women in my life. And the stories that you are about to hear are out of complete love, right? I love my daughter. And I love my wife, and I will do anything that uh, they they ask me to do. When there's times I probably shouldn't do what, what they ask me to do, but here here's uh, here's a here's an example of how my life is right now. So the other day I woke up, and I'm laying in bed, my wife's laying in bed, and I don't know if there's gentlemen. For you, if there's just a moment where you can go, Jesus, I can already feel that she's mad at me for something and I haven't even got out of bed yet and I can just feel this tension and she's like, I had a dream about you last night and I'm like, "Uh, you had a dream about me last night and me being the smart ass that that I am, I'm just like, hey, was I naked in it? No, you tried to move us out of this house into a different house. It was a shithole, and it smelled like cat piss so bad that I got sick and threw up. I'm like, all that in your like, all that in your dream, yeah. And I was so pissed at you. And I'm like, well, good thing it's a dream, right? She's like, yeah. And <laughs> this is no joke. I feel like she carried. That tension around the entire rest of the day, she was upset with me, I feel like, or looking for something to get upset with me about from a dream that she had about me moving her into a house that smelled like cat piss. So that day was shot, right? I, there's no, and, and, you know, some guys know exactly what I'm talking about. Others may not know what I'm talking about, but Uh, My wife got mad at me for a dream that she had and uh, I had no, uh, I don't know. I had no real, real say, like I didn't do anything, but like in football, when there is defensive offsides and that, and the ball snapped, that's a free play. So the they can just bomb it downfield. So with that said, the entire rest of the day, I did a whole bunch of dumb shit because she was already mad anyway. So I got away with uh, a whole bunch of stuff being a dipshit. And uh, then it just kind of, in my opinion, this is bad relationship advice. It kind of balanced out in, in the, at the end of the day. And, uh, you know, we went to bed. Next morning, woke up. And I'm assuming she didn't have a bad dream, and she was uh, all good with me the next day. So <laughs> that's a little bit of uh, of a, a look into the inside. Now here's another dose of reality. I have a I have an eight year- old daughter. She's gonna be nine in, um, you know, nine in a month. Man, she'll be nine in February, one second. <coughs> nine in February. And so she is starting to ask questions, a lot of questions about, you know, girl things and relationships and S-E-X, and I'm not prepared for this stuff, right? Um, So the other day I'm, I'm folding some laundry and my daughter is in the kitchen and everybody's home, but I think my wife might be downstairs or something. Hey, Dad, what's a what's a period? And I said, I'm, I'm like, God, you're in third grade. You should know. You should definitely know this. Uh, it is a dot at the end of a sentence that tells you that the sentence is over, so you can start your next sentence in a paragraph. No, no, not that. It's when uh, there's a girl who said that her sister is having her period right now. What is that? And it hit me. <laughs> and like I said, I am not prepared for this at all. It took me a hundred percent off guard. And I just like, Sarah, <laughs> like help. I don't like, this is why guys get married so that they can dish the ball on certain things. And this is one thing that, you know, And I'll, I'll be honest with you. I will be there. If my daughter ever asks me a question, I'm going to answer it to the best of my ability. But for a first-time question, this is a question for a mom who has way more experience than than that. Um, I'll tap in on some other cases, but these type of situations are are um, are happening in my household right now. I have uh, my son. I look over at my son while my wife is kind of explaining this to him, and he is sh- like. You should see the look on his face like he's shocked that some that stuff like this goes on in the world. And I'm just like, hey, buddy, why don't we go downstairs and play video games and run from our problems? So that's what we did. And those two stories are a little insight into my life right now, uh, on top of all the other stress of having three children who are all really close in age with each other. Getting, I, I wish I I would start a reality show where I would have a camera in my house and how our family gets ready for school each day, gets ready to go to daycare, eats breakfast. You know, it's like watching a WWE cage match Royal rumble where there's like five people in the ring, all beating the shit out of each other. That's what I, that is the best representation of how mornings weekday mornings are in our house. And then all the kids get out of the house and there is a calmness. And that's when my heart rate bottoms out. I'm able to relax, and then when the the kids all get home, it spikes again. That's when I start having my chest pains, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, that's the cycle that we live. That's that we're going through right now. So that's what that's a long intro, but I'm telling you, that is that's the real world. That's you know hunting and talking about strategy talking about you know what's going on in the whitetail world that all comes second dude uh this is what's happening right now so i guess if you're the praying type send a little prayer out into the universe for me i would gladly accept it and uh um on top of that business and relationships with the wife and the children and balancing all that stuff <laughs> Gets crazy. Gets crazy. But we're here to talk about whitetails today. And uh, that's what we're going to talk about after I mention these fine sponsors. All right. So if you guys haven't had the opportunity to go check out Hunt Stand, please go check out Hunt Stand at Huntstand.com. If you're looking for a very functional and robust hunting app, check out Huntstand.com, read up up Uh, Read up on all the features that they have, uh, you know, property boundaries, updated satellite imagery on a monthly basis. We have, um, you know, trail camera management software. We have the ability to journal and document all of the information that you gather throughout the season so huntstand.com sn20 for 20 percent off next novexoutdoors.com so still working on trying to get someone from the lone wolf novex brand to hop on and kind of walk us through the transition here Um, i think that's going to be a really good story Uh, they have they're, I'm just going to say it, their product line is exactly, there, there's there are some minor details that are different, but the product line is exactly the same as the uh, Lone Wolf uh, uh, products. So the change is, there's not a lot of change as far as product is concerned, still made in America, and that's a win. And it's uh, something that I can definitely get behind. And like I said, more information to come on that. Wasp Archery, if you're looking for some of the best broadheads, manufactured by the best material wasparchery.com enter the discount code nine fingers that's the number nine followed by the word fingers 2021 and you can save 20% off ozonics uh, absolutely love this company been working with these guys since they first came out and i absolutely love the fact that it has more functionality than just out in a tree stand somewhere, right? That's what it was designed for. But and there's also some design features now for outside of the woods to dry wash your clothes, rid them of odor, and then get them get in the tree and distort your scent profile. At the same time, I use I have mine turned on when I walk into the woods, and that eliminates for me i feel it eliminates any type of ground scent or access route scent um and it just makes it dude ozonicshunting.com go go check out all the features discount code nfc21 for a free dry wash bag with a purchase of one of their units Title sponsor, Vortex Optics. These guys are doing some amazing things. A lot of new products coming down the line between now and April. Um, I have a, uh, I have a really kick-ass, piece. I don't even know if I'm supposed to say it or not, uh, a, a range finder on my desk over here, on my uh, little cabinet over here that uh, I've messed around with it's badass. More information to come on that, vortexoptics.com. If you're looking for a trail camera that works, And it's, it's not, you don't have to go through a whole much bunch of of, of rigmarole to get it set up and operated. As a matter of fact, I sent an Exodus trail camera without any instructions to, um, a buddy of mine for helping me do something. And he ended up he's already been sending me pictures about, Hey, check this Bobcat out, check this, uh, uh, check this out, check this out. And, uh, easy to use, easy to set up, and they work. And that's all I want, right? Now there's a whole, go check out exodusoutdoorgear.com for more information. And lastly, if you or someone you know is looking for a high quality crossbow, go check out uh, Excalibur Crossbows at excaliburcrossbow.com. They have a, a crossbow for everyone, whether you're new whether you're experienced, whether you're young, whether you're old, they have something that's going to work for you and they've been around for 30 years. So they're a cornerstone in the industry and you don't, you know, you don't stick around for 30 years when, uh, if you put out a crappy product. So, uh, these guys, they're doing it right. Excalibur crossbow.com. Now let's get into actually what I want to talk about today. <laughs> and that is post-season work, right? So here's what I've done in the past couple days. I have taken a hand, like, let's see. Let me back up just a bit. So at the beginning of this season, I went in, hung some trail cameras, um, set up a tree stand, all this stuff. Guess what? Tree stand or trail camera got stolen. Trail camera got stolen. And I called the, from, from the same place that I did before. So I reached out to the landowner and the landowner says to me, uh, man, that sucks. Uh, I, and I said, keep an eye out. If you know who did it, just let me know. And he's like, yeah, okay. And so we had a, we had an open dialogue there. Well, here's where the issue lied. There were four people that owned this piece of property. They were all related, and they weren't necessarily communicating with one another. So one of the landowners gave me permission to hunt the property. I go back. I put another tree, uh, trail camera out there. I lock it to the tree, and I put my name and my telephone number in there. I get a text message, and I'm just like, and it's like you have you have one weekend to get all your stuff off this property or not only am i calling the dnr but i am uh uh, i'm gonna i'm cutting down everything i'm throwing it in the dumpster and so i text message back i'm like um hey there's a misunderstanding if i could get a quick telephone call with you i could clear all this up there's no misunderstanding get all your stuff out get it get it out and so I'm just like, your brother gave me permission to hunt. I have the text messages to prove it. I have the phone, like, phone messages to prove it. Like, what do you want me to do? Please don't throw away any more of my stuff because he admitted to cutting down my stuff. He didn't know about me at the time. He uh, cutting down all my stuff and or my, I think maybe a total of three trail cameras throughout the last year, uh, two years. And, Throwing them away. And he admitted to it. And so there was a misunderstanding, and I guess I couldn't necessarily be mad at him for that, but um, there was a misunderstanding in that whole scenario. And I'm just like, hey, man, I, I, I can't make it down this weekend to go do it. And then season starts. And he's like, I don't want you in there after season. So I said to him, hey, man, I'm willing to leave all my stuff on the property. And not go check it until after the season's over. And then that way you can come with me and, um, you know, I can get all this stuff down. And so we kind of had this, we, we created this dialogue. I got, I still got kicked off the property because he's going to start bow hunting it. And I don't blame the guy for that. I don't blame him at all. Um, so this past weekend, I went out and I took down the, the trail cameras that were, that were on their properties, the uh, the trail camera, the tree stands that were on their properties, and I cleaned it out, and he was cool. Like, he was cool. You know, I lost probably about six to $700 worth of trail cameras over the past two years because of that, but I don't know. I can't be mad, really. Um, it sucks, but it is what it is right so he ends up uh you know we part ways and and now i'm i'm down oh man 40 160 100 maybe 210 i think it's 210 total acres a part of it's a big cornfield so i would say huntable i lost probably uh 60 to 70 acres of of timber and in like places that i could actually hunt and some of the best bedding that I, that I've had. Well, tough shit, right? So this past weekend I I go and I, I, I tear down some, uh, tear down some, uh, trail cameras. Now what's, what am I going to be doing in the next handful of weeks, months leading up to March, early March, late February is when I'll probably start shed hunting. But as this whole process, kind of starts over again, right? The year ends and we start the process again. The 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 short answer is I'm going to dump some corn. I've already mentioned this, but I haven't got around to it yet. Just crazy busy. I'm going to dump some corn this week, this weekend. I'm going to put some cams out on top of it and hopefully keep the deer in on one of these properties so that I can find their sheds and uh, maybe have some fun with the kids this upcoming uh, this upcoming shed season or within the next, you know, three to five weeks, I've already seen, I've already seen trail camera pictures through my cell cams of bucks that have lost both sides. So they're out there. It's just a matter of, you know, making time to go out there and, uh, go look for them. So the, the, the trail cam, I'm going to, you know, check my trail cameras, get all, get all new batteries in them, clear the SD cards or, you know, Put the, the deer picks in the right files and get all that stuff taken care of and then uh, get them out again so I can see what deer are working the area, what deer survived, what I'm going to potentially be looking for for the next summer and spring when I need to go start shed hunting, all that stuff, right? On top of that, I'm going to be doing some scouting. And one reason, uh, last year I made this mistake. I waited till the snow was off the ground uh, to go and uh, start scouting. Well, right now, there is a little, literally a road map out in the, the timber of how these deer are using terrain. Now, October, November, December, before the snow hits, you should be able to go out and, and find a good trail somewhere. But right now is where you will learn the most about how deer use terrain. And I said this on another podcast uh, a couple days ago, but I should be able to set a tree stand up on one of these trails that I see in the snow. And I feel like the odds of me having an encounter with a deer, not necessarily a specific deer, but a deer from that kind of data is really good. So I, I feel like right now is definitely the time I'm going to take my hunt stand out. I'm going to go into some of these properties, whether it's public, whether it's a you know, piece that I already have access to, and I'm going to start documenting everything, right? Here's a trail. Here's an old rub. Here, you know, scrapes might, might be hard to find, but just travel routes, right? And if I find something that's real good, there is no better time to get a tree stand in a tree, especially on some of these private pieces than right now. So I might be able to go hang a stand and just wait for it, to, uh, you know, um, take the pad off of it so the squirrels don't chew it up, get it in there, get it in the tree so that next year, all that time is going to go by before someone potentially intrudes on that property again. But uh, that's just an idea of what I'm going to be doing. Now, the main thing here is I need to start locating some other properties. I have looked at some leases that are a potential. I don't necessarily want to spend money on a lease, but um, I might this year. I might. I'm not 100% sure what's going what's going on there. That is just letting you know that that is a potential option. Now, I have a ton of public ground uh, within 40 miles of me that I could go and start checking out, which I'm going to do. I'm also going to be knocking on a lot of doors in the next uh i don't know like i want to do it now so that i can potentially shed hunt it so that i can potentially maybe drop some corn on these properties get a trail camera out on there and um and kind of check out the the vibe of that property before you know you just go in there and start hunting in the uh in the uh you know in the fall so there's a lot of prep work that has to that has to go through now As time has gone on, my success rate of knocking on doors to gain permission just keeps going down and down and down. And it's not because of my delivery. My delivery is at an all-time high, right? Back in the day, I could walk up to someone and just be like, hey, I'm just a bow hunter. I want to hunt. I I was curious if you have anybody hunt your property. If you do, I'll stay out of it. You know, uh, I won't go while they're go. Uh, You know, you won't even know I'm there. Uh, I'll park my truck where you can see it, you know, all, all these things, whatever the landowner needs to hear to feel comfortable and confident in you. And then you, you build that relationship. Well, as the years have gone on, there's been more bow hunters, whether they're from out of state or local, um, more and more and more people, which just means access is getting less and less and less. And then we have to talk a little bit about displacement where, and this, this happened, uh, Man, right down the road from where I hunt, there was probably five people that were all bow hunting this big family farm, 580 acres, I believe it was, different different sections of it. But 580 acres, um, guy from Chicago, I believe it was, comes in, he's like a financial guy, comes in, buys all 580 acres and displaces five bow hunters. So that's what's kind of going down that that that's happening in or in and around where I live and where I hunt and where I uh, was raised. and that sucks because then you have five other bow hunters who are looking for a place to to hunt. and talking to one of them, a guy I knew, he's just like, man, I mean, I'm not going to lease. I can't afford to lease. Uh, you know, I got one kid in college, two in high school, and it's kind of unfair for me to lease a farm. Uh, and in in that area, there's not a lot of public ground. Like I've mentioned before, Iowa is less than two percent public ground, so there's not a lot of options to choose from for for public ground. Uh, I've knocked on doors. You know, some of these pieces are already crowded. uh, Others are leased. Others, you know, are spoken for from family and whatnot. So it's just harder to find. But I got to do it anyway because who knows when some of my main farms that I have access to are going to be sold. I mean, I got one landowner who's 91 years old. He's currently in um, assisted living. So, and this is going to sound bad. But there's not one person on this earth that wants him to live longer than I do. You know what I mean? Because once that once he's gone, there's four kids. Chop, chop, chop. They're gonna sell the farm, take the money, and uh, I can't afford to. I can't afford to to do that right now. So, um, knocking on door permission is still my best. Uh, is still my best option, and I got to get busy getting some more ground and you can't hunt like if you're waiting for a specific buck or so you know i I talk about the i talk about the upgrade right you know from shooting a doe to shooting an antler deer to shooting a bigger deer to you know to shooting um only mature bucks to shooting one like targeting one buck right and so you can't do that with 40 acres right you have to have options and that's the style of hunter that I feel like I am I want to I want to go after a certain caliber of deer I want to be able to fill my freezer with some does but I want to go after a certain caliber of deer and I have to have options for that and the and the way to do that is just to have access to more property and more property and more property you put your trail cameras out you look for those deer and then you just you whittle down to the best options, locating the deer that you wanna that you wanna do that to, and well, there you go. That's how that's how I do it anyway. So knocking on door to get permission. I have I have about three or four pieces right now on my mind that I'd like to go check uh, check out, and a couple of those pieces. Um, one, I got a feeling that's just a straight no. It's going to be a straight no. The other two. Are actually pieces that i I've, I've seen decent deer. Nothing that I'd shoot, but decent deer on these property, on this property, and it's overlooked, like it's on a main road and it's on a busy intersection, or it's a small piece that is next to a really good piece, right? So those pieces that are overlooked. So that's that's what I'm kind of uh, going for in the next handful of uh, months is just really starting to knock on doors, get permission. And I'll be honest with you, I'm guessing a success rate of, of zero to 20%, man. Like, Everybody has, especially down where I, I live or where I'm from, everybody has a bow hunter on their property right now. Everybody shot has a shotgun party that comes through it at some point or, or it's owned by someone who leases it, uh, to a hunting group. Or I think, I think you guys get what I'm, what I'm going, uh, going there, but that's, what's going on in the upcoming months. Now, it's also that time of year for me to start planning my, my trips out west. And I might be playing with fire a little bit this year, but the wife said to me uh, after the season was over, after I shot my Iowa buck, she says, boy, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be this year, which was a mistake by her because <laughs> I'm going to try to put a little bit more on the plate for 2021. 20, uh, I'm sitting here or for 2022. Now I'm sitting here, I have 5 days to make a decision if I want to apply for an elk tag or not. Last year, uh, the zone that or last year the zone that I applied for, the draw odds have came out and the odds of me drawing that with what would be 7 points this year are a no-go, right? It it was 10 points. Um this this year to draw that unit so i think i'm just going to get stack more preference points again for wyoming and there is point creep happening real bad right now across the entire west so if i do want to uh, elk hunt i might call up one of my buddies in colorado and go do a wish and a prayer elk hunt out there in colorado and um and have fun with that in september April I'm going to hunt here in Iowa. I'm going to possibly take a trip down to Missouri and just blow onto a piece of public land and see what happens. I might you know go down quite a ways and uh, then in June I have a conference in Montana. July uh, July and August are typically there's nothing there. September potentially uh, elk hunt in Colorado and then we start into the big heavy rotation, which is October. I'm definitely going uh, back to South Dakota. Love that place. Um, not sure if I'm going to go as far west this year as I I thought as I as I had planned um, in previous years. The further west I go, the more hunters I run into. So I feel like this year. I'm going to hang within 50, 60 miles of the Missouri River and see if I can't uh, find something there. I gave a lot of information away right there, but it is what it is. November is going to be Iowa, obviously. But then there's two states that I'm juggling around that are over-the-counter that are— and I'm just looking to go out and have fun at this point, and that is Oklahoma and Missouri— uh in November if I tag out early in Iowa over the counter you know just eh, well I'm tagged out here I'm going to go spend a couple of days with the fam and then I'm right back out the door and heading down to Oklahoma or Missouri and then December man that's that that's a packed that is definitely a packed um uh a packed uh month as far as family events is concerned so I don't think I'm going to be doing anything there unless I don't take out in South Dakota and I go back like I did uh what last year. And then this year some there's a hunt that's kind of intriguing me and it is that it's that late season deer hunt in Arizona. It's a hard ass hunt. Uh, success rates are really low, but it's something different and that's I don't know, something that I I want to play around with. And uh, I might be going with a couple buddies on that one because I don't know if I'm going to be going to the ATA show this next year, uh, again. And so that's that's my layout for 2022. Um, that's both long term and short term. That what what I've just said. But at the same time, let me talk about gear just a second. I got to get some new boots. I got to get a new sleeping bag. Um, that those two products right there. That I've had for a very long time. They they still work. Like if I want to go do something close, but not for a backcountry hunt. And with backcountry hunts on my schedule this year, I I'm gonna need two things. So I got a I got a plan for a fairly, I mean 300, 350 to three hundred eighty dollars for the pair of boots I want. God, the sleeping bag that I want is ridiculously expensive. I don't even want to say what it's, what it would cost. Cause you guys would be like, must be nice. But, uh, but, uh, that's, that's going to cost as well. So I got to do a little planning for that, figure out how I'm going to pull the strings on some of that stuff. And, um, I think that's it, man. Like this is a, you know, this isn't a crazy like strategy episode. Like I just, I needed to vent. I needed to get, say all this stuff out loud of all the things. And now that I've said it out loud, I feel like I got a lot of work to do between in the next shit, nine months, eight months. Um, And then again, just keep shooting the bow, keep shooting the bow, keep planning, keep looking at maps, keep finding pieces of public, keep connecting with uh, friends who may not be hunting that state this year, right? All these things. And, um, just, I don't know, keep, keep building the network, keep, uh, making sure the family's taken care of and, and, and keep doing what I love. And, and that's why I'm here and that's why we're all here. So what I would say to you is it is never too late, right? Especially if you live in a state next to a state, like if you live out East and there's a state that's next to you, that it may not be the greatest state to go hunt. But if you're tagged out in your state, maybe take a weekend trip. Maybe um, plan to go to a different region of the United States. Right, the South is looking interesting for me because of my buddy Parker, who is telling the world, "Hey, man, don't sleep on the South." So I might be I might be putting the miles on the vehicle this year. And please say another prayer for my vehicle. Hopefully, it holds up. I do not want to buy a new vehicle. Uh, it's paid off. You know, it's been through. T- Two deer collisions and she still runs she still purrs so uh i I do need some work on her but other than that man everything's good to go and uh i just want to say thank you guys uh the success of the network is doing you know we're doing really well and I, i owe it all to the listeners of this podcast and to all of the other podcasts that come out on the network so kudos to you Huge shout out to my my wife and family who are very patient with me during the hunting season. They know that, that this is that's what I love, so they they, I don't want to say they let me do it, but they understand that hey, Dad's gone. He's hunting, right? He's home all the the rest of the year, for the most part, and now he's gonna go do what he loves. So I appreciate that. Huge shout out to Hunt Stand, Wasp, Ozonics, Novex, Vortex. Exodus, an Excalibur, please go out and take a look at those brands, man. All very quality brands. Uh, go take a look at that. And then lastly, when it comes to your neighbor, when it comes to good vibes, all the things in this world that uh, are, are trying to hold us down and separate us from each other, remember that kindness wins all and positive energy, man, fucking positive energy wins the day every single time. So put out the good vibes. Good vibes will come back to you. If you're still hunting, wear your safety hunt harness and we'll talk to you next time.